Why, hello there. My name is Roseanne Service, and you heard that right. That is my real last name. I had a splenectomy in December of 2017, and This podcast is dedicated to that today. Now, first, let me quickly tell you that if you're new to my podcast, I am a mother of five. Um, My kids range from uh, my oldest is 20 and my youngest is 10 now. Mm -hmm. And I own a company in Queen Creek, Arizona. And um, I do a lot of things. I'm an assistant district commissioner for the Boy Scouts of America. Um, I... I've been a PTO president. I've been a thousand things. And I wanted to make this quick podcast to um, let people know um, what happened with my splenectomy. And maybe you'll see some similarities with yours or with one that you might have to endure in the future. For my um, particular case, I had to have a splenectomy because I wasn't feeling very good and I needed to see the doctor and um, I said I couldn't eat. You know, I was to the point where I couldn't even eat. And they scanned me and immediately um, I was told I needed to go straight to the hospital. Um, what they found was a orange-sized aneurysm um, and that was off of the splenic artery. And right next to that orange size aneurysm was a pea-sized aneurysm. So I had two aneurysms. And what that is, is that's just like a blood vessel that kind of balloons out and it's ready to burst, right? Um, and mine could burst at any time. In fact, I'd had my aneurysms in there for many years. I'd had a car accident in um, 2000 and the car was totaled and I went through so much debilitating like recovery. Um, but I didn't realize that had made some aneurysms on that splenic artery. And over time, they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And really, they should have blown with each pregnancy. In fact, I know several survivors of splenectomies that had them for this very reason when they were pregnant. And unfortunately, they lost their baby and almost their own lives. So it is a pretty big deal. In fact, the instance of rupture in women is higher than even in men. So anyways, ran to the hospital and they were skeptical on how to treat me. They didn't know what to do. They'd never seen one this large. Um, and so, you know, they wanted to coil it. They, they had a whole bunch of ideas. Finally, they decided that they needed to talk to a spleen doctor. And that was the best thing they could have done. Spleen surgeon comes in and he talks to me and he lets me know that this is probably not savable, that the artery needs to come out and more than likely it's going to take the spleen with it. And if that wasn't sad enough, unfortunately, the scans were not very clear. And so it looked like it was all like attached to everything in there. Um, And so I might even lose part of my pancreas. And that's what was told to me. Um, so I was in a lot of horrible pain, um, because I am a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I am a Mormon. Um, I do believe in faith. And so I, I constantly was praying to God. I was trying to strive, uh, to understand how I was going to make it through because I had already actually had horrible surgery back in 2010. 
Um, I had a brain tumor and that had to be removed through a really horrible, awful surgery um, where my entire forehead was removed. So I knew how bad surgery was. I didn't want to do it. And I absolutely fell apart in that medical shower before my splenectomy. And I think you need to realize that before you go through a big surgery, you're going to have moments where you fall apart. Um, if that gravity doesn't hit you, you know, sooner. Um, but for me, I just absolutely fell apart. I was already not feeling good. I hadn't eaten in five days and, um, I just fell apart in the shower and I, I was to the point where I didn't want to live anymore. I, I really thought maybe it would be better if God could just kill me and then I wouldn't have mm -hmm. to suffer. And I know that sounds really awful, but that's how low I was. And in that moment, I prayed that God would help me through because I didn't want to feel this way. I wanted to be happy about life. I mean, I have five children that need me. I have a, a loving husband of 21 years. Like I needed, um, I needed to be alive and I need to be, I needed to have hope is what I needed. And in that moment, I did feel like my mind clear for just a second. And I was told to what I feel I was told by God to lean into being grateful. And so I just started listing some of the things that I was still grateful for. I was grateful for my children and for how good they were and kind they were and for my husband. And I just started listing all the things that I still loved, even though I was so incredibly low. And it began to pull me out of that pure dark hell that I was in at that moment. And I truly believe that that was an answer from a loving God trying to help me. Um, I then prayed um, after that. I really did feel like that was an answer to my prayers. And so I prayed again to thank God for helping me to pull up. But I knew that my surgery wasn't for another eight hours. So I need to buck up. I need to like suck it up and try to make it through. But I just kept praying that he would listen to my prayers and like help me through. And then, um, in less than 10 minutes, I had a nurse come in and say, we're taking you right now to the surgery. And, um, I, my hair was still wet, but I was able to climb up onto the surgical table with full faith in God that I wasn't going to die on that table and that life would at one point be better. And I think that's, what's really hard when you're suffering, you almost start to get to this point where you think, is it ever, am I ever going to feel okay again? And obviously, like I said before, I've been through other things and recovery takes so long that you start to wonder if you're ever going to feel okay again, but you, you will. Um, I, at least everything that I've ever experienced, all the people that I've talked to, every person is saying, you will, it's worth it. Just keep going. You got to push through. And I really needed that because after the surgery, I woke up and they said, yes, unfortunately, over the years, that aneurysm, uh, it was being tried to, it was like being held together by my own body, just covering it with layers of like tissue. And so like it tied itself to the pancreas. And so I lost part of my pancreas. And so now I'm instantly diabetic. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent horribly diabetic, but I am diabetic. I have to be very careful now, um, with everything that I eat. Um, but 
I will tell you that recovery was really, really hard. It was right up there with the recovery I went through for my brain surgery. It was every bit as hard. And so I'm not going to lie and tell you that it was so easy. It was very long and very difficult. Um, it definitely took about three months before I finally started to go, I feel good again, you know? Um, and if you're younger than me, you might actually recover a lot faster. Um, I was 39, I think when that happened. So I think that if you're younger than me, you probably would bounce back a whole lot faster too. Um, but some of the things I encountered was, um, just constant be constantly being scared. Okay. Constant. It would be like, Oh, you're in recovery. And, uh, now you have this weird pain. What's that? You know? And, um, I'm feeling nauseous today. Is something wrong? Or I would faint and thought, you know, am I bleeding out? Like there was just all these unknowns, all these constant, scary unknowns that just kept coming at me. And you just have to keep facing all of those little scary things that your body's going to do while it adjusts. In fact, even organs inside your body can shift around a little bit after the spleen has been removed because now there's like empty space. I mean, your intestines can even kind of move up a little bit and you know, things move around for a while. Um, I'm to the point now where I don't have almost any side effect at all. Um, I don't have any of the weird pains anymore. Um, I'm almost two years out now and I, and I just, I'm, I feel normal. I feel so normal and I'm so grateful because for a long time, I wondered if I would ever feel normal again. Um, one thing that did change is my, um, is, is germs, you know? So your spleen is like a little furnace and it actually burns off bacteria that's in your blood system, right? Um, it's part of your immune system. And so your spleen does such a wonderful job. And now that it's gone, your the rest of your body's got to try to help make up for it. So absolutely do not balk when they ask you to get the four um, vaccines that you're going to need. Because if you look at all of the research, and this is done over decades, you will see that the instance of getting sick and dying happen the most to people who are not vaccinated. Um, because those illnesses are out there. And if you want to stay in your bubble inside your house for the rest of your life, that's one thing. But if you ever want to travel, if you ever want to go to the store, even you need to have your immune system built up. Um, almost immediately during my recovery, I thought I was fine enough to where I could go to my daughter's school. I just signed one piece of paper on a desk in her classroom. That's all it took. I came home with the flu. I was so sick. I had to go to the emergency room. Um, after you've lost your spleen, especially that first six months or even that first year, if you have a temperature of 101, you got to go to the emergency room. Um, and they really did help. In fact, that's the only time I've ever been to the hospital and came out and actually felt better <laughs> than when I went in, you know, um, but they can, they really, they have a lot of things, um, that can help you. 
Um, for me, washing my hands is a big thing now. Using hand sanitizer mm -hmm. is a big thing now. They gave me mm -hmm. a big box of masks that I should wear if I've ever on a plane or sitting next to somebody who's sick. I never, ever break those out. I probably should, but I just don't. So, um, I just want to let you know what my journey has been like. It has not been easy, but now it, it really it's, there's so much hope. There's so much fun things going on in life. It's almost like a distant memory, um, even though it was so incredibly long and painful. Um, there was a lot of things that I can't even recall. And so one of the things I will tell you is that you should write things down as they're happening to you. I'm grateful that I do have a journal. I could go break it out right now and like read through some of it for you, but I, I just want you to know that this will be helpful to other people um, if you can write it down and remember it because in these support groups that we have, um, people are going to ask you questions and yeah, your memory is going to be clear in six months, but after a year, after two years, it becomes fuzzy and that's a part of life. So if you can write down everything that you're going through, you can help someone else. And so hopefully my story um, has helped you in some way. And feel free to leave me a comment or a question um, if you have any other um, questions for me. And thanks for your time.